Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Craig F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is Wednesday, February 5th, 2020. Um, Today we're reading from the big book on page 87, the third paragraph that begins as we go through the day. Today's readers are... Uh, Leon B. uh, for the text, Barbara E. for Vision for You, Ginger C. Backup, 12 Steps, Tenzin, 12 Traditions, Esther F., and Newcomer Greeters, Devorah S., and the second hour host is Sandy W. Um, The reference numbers for yesterday for the uh, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, uh, this meeting, is 14067. 14,067, and for yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting, it was 14,070, 14,070. Okay, uh, OA preamble, the uh, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization. Political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine, we take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, and that is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm now going to ask Tenzin P. to read the 12 steps. Tenzin. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P. checking in from New York City. Um, Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible 
except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day. Thanks, Tenzin. Okay, now I'm going to ask um, Esther F. to read our 12 traditions. Esther. Good morning, everyone. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Well, thank you. Okay, um, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, please let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 87, the third paragraph that starts as we go through the day. 
Now going to ask Leon B. to get us started. Leon? Good morning, Craig. This is Leon B., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from Simpsonville, South Carolina. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, Thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily, for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. Um, The thing that stands out for me is this constant reminding of myself that I am no longer running the show. Um, and the saying to myself, not once a day, but many times each day, that will be done. Um, and for some reason, the the thesis of the big book on page 45 is what um, stands out in my mind that that's the purpose of this book is to put us in, in touch with a power um, greater than ourselves that can solve our problem. And it is this higher power that I am getting to know and fellowship with in this step. You know, I'm starting my day, meditating, getting in touch, getting direction for the day, I'm pausing throughout the day to see what this higher power would have me to do. I'm pausing when I'm agitated because in and of myself, if I start running this show again, it's going to tell me, you know, and I kind of use this as a is to check my temperature. You know, if I'm in fear and if I'm in anger, if I'm in worry, if I'm in self-pity, then I'm in myself and I'm not in this higher power. Hence the reason why it says many times we have to stop and say that will be done to remind ourselves, you know, this mental forgetter that I have not only um, worked when I was in food, but sometimes it, it happens <laughs> while I'm going throughout my day. I forget that I'm a compulsive overeater and then I try to jump right back into my feelings and and so I do have to constantly remind myself, and I have to get to know this higher power. I have to spend time with this higher power. I have to do the actions to do the work in these steps. You know, I think about at the end of step five, it says we thank our creator that we know him better. We thank God that we know him better. After we've done our step five, we feel, we feel the nearness of our creator. Some of us have spiritual beliefs, but now we have experience. This comes through working these steps. So this step, these these directions of stopping, you know, is highly important for me um, and getting to know my higher power every day, you know, and it's in those moments that we do pause. And when we get the answer that we're, we're looking for, we think that we're doing what we, what he would have us to do that's when we get to know him because we get to experience his will for us. And we're like, ah, that's a much better outcome than if I would have done what I wanted to do. That's been my experience in this program is, is just being led by this higher power, by this internal pulling at my heart of what to do. And it's been a beautiful walk. So this is a great step. This is a great reading for today and so much more. And I'm really looking forward to the shares. Thank you. Y'all have a wonderful morning. Goodbye. All right. Thank you, Leon. Good timing. Okay. Now we're going to open up the floor here in a minute for uh, uh, people to share. If you've shared in the last couple of days, we ask you to uh, 
to hold back. And, and that means if you haven't shared in, in the last couple of days, um, maybe you might uh, uh, help us out by, by sharing and give us a variety of voices. So who would like to share on this picture? Naomi P. Who Al? Kim G. Who Al? Kim A.M. All right, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I can't hear you. Naomi, uh, Lou, uh, and Kim is all I got. Tina. All right, I got Tina, and I think I heard a Rita. Reva. Reva. Okay, Reva.
I'm pondering, I'm reflecting when I'm agitated, when I'm doubtful, and that's my meditation, right? I'm, I'm, I'm reflecting and pondering on when those things crop up. And when they do crop up, what is the next step? I'm going to do a prayer and ask for the right thought and the right action. And then it says that, you know, when I put myself on that plane, um, and I have to do it humbly. It can't be like, you know, I'm in self-willing riot. I'm running the show. I'm trying to do things myself. I'm not tuning into this power greater than myself. And one of the ways that I can do that is through prayer. And I could do this very, very short prayer. Thy will be done every day, right? Thy will be done. Not my will, but God's will. And when I do that, I'm at a higher plane of getting connected to that higher power. Now, it says, now, how do I know when I'm in God's will and when I'm in self-will? Well, it tells me right here. It doesn't leave it up for guesswork. It says, if I am burning up, if I am getting tired and I'm burning up foolish energy, then I'm in self-will. Because when I'm in God's will, we do not tire so easily. You see, that's the difference. God will enable me and propel me to do this work, the work that I have for the day, whatever it is, and I'm not trying to arrange life to suit myself. So when I'm angry, when I'm resentful, I burn up energy, negative energy that can be draining. And, it, and when I have positive energy, it can be like I'm being filled, I'm, I'm being kept up like a clean car, right? Clean gas has this fuel-efficient energy to tune me up and keep me running effectively, right? So that's the difference between self-will and, and God's will. And then this is the other key. If these promises are coming true for you, then you know you're in God's will, right? It says we're then in less danger of excitement. Uh, I can be in excitement every day or fear or anger or worry or self-pity or foolish decisions, right? We become more efficient, more efficient. So that means that when I'm in God's will, I'm going to lose these things more and become more effective to helping others and be more in tune with my power greater than myself, right? So it's going to work, and these promises should be coming true. If they're not coming true, that should be an indicator already that I have more work to be done and more prayers to do, and more connectiveness with God. And with that, I pass. All right. Thank you, Do. Next, we have Kim G., followed by Tina S. and, and uh, Reva P. Kim? Good morning, Craig. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G., and I've been recovered since um, January 2011. And you know, I love the definition of a miracle. It's just simply a change in perception. So this paragraph has given me some powerful changes in perception. I'm just going to talk about two of them. One is when I was in OA for years, I was told I had a threefold illness. I had a physical, emotional, and spiritual illness. The big book is really clear. I have a physical allergy and a mental obsession and a spiritual solution. So just changing out that emotional to mental has been such an amazing thing for me. So it talks here about asking for the right thought or action. I was always asking for the right feeling. And what happens when I ask for the right thought or action addressing that mental twist is those promises that do just talked about. Then I'm in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, or self-pity or foolish decisions. So those emotions start to calm down as I start to address the mental twist and not try to chase these emotions. 
The other change in perception is, is in the back of the book, there's someone who shares about living life on life's terms. Well, really living life on life's terms is about power, property, prestige. What is 10 and 11 teaching me? It's teaching me to live life on God's terms. That's where I find peace. So when am I not in God's will? I'm feeling inefficient, I'm exhausted, and I'm trying to run the whole show. So instead of trying to, to live life on life's terms, what I'm doing is I'm asking God into how can I be more efficient, how can I not be exhausted, and how can I not try to run the show? You know, I think of the world terms. I need to set my boundaries. I need to practice self-care. I need to practice self-love. Get away from these toxic people. And I remember being in a meeting where a gentleman was, someone was talking about setting boundaries, and the leader said, well, that sounds an awful lot like managing your own life. And that's what I realized. I was trying to use the tools of the world, which was managing my own life, which is exactly what my problem is. So what 10 and 11 does, it allows me to live life peacefully in the midst of the storm because life is not going to discontinue happening because, because I put the food down. You know, in the world, if I'm going in that world, I'm going to live in collision, trying to get my own way. And what does that mean? So when I'm trying to get my own way in the past, that means I'm going to be living in resentment. When I'm trying to get my own way in the future, I'm going to be living in fear. And if I'm trying to get my own way in the present, I'm going to be in depression and anger. So this paragraph tells me how I can live in God's world, in the spiritual world, so I'm not always constantly in collision and trying to run their own show, which is going to lead me to a point where I'm restless, I'm irritable, and discontent. And my only other solution, besides the spiritual path, is going to be to return to the food. And with that, I pass. Great. Thank you very much. Um, next up, we have Tina S., uh, Reva P., and Barbara E. Tina? Thanks so much, Craig, for your service, Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Well, heard some really great stuff this morning. Grateful to be on the line. And, you know, I love this part of the book like was shared. And, uh, you know, it says as we go through the day, you know, one of the things that I learned early on was to uh, pray, you know, in the morning to ask God to keep you abstinent and at night to thank him for your abstinence. And, you know, for a period of time, that's all I did. And it worked until you know, it didn't work. And then, you know, I read this every morning, you know, to remind myself that as I go through the day, of course, it talks about on awakening and I do all that stuff. But then as we go through the day, you know, and we constantly, continually, always remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. You know, if I could still do it successfully, like was shared, I'd still be doing it. You know, but it hadn't been successful for a very long time. I had exhausted all those efforts, you know, and it, the shit was just hitting the fan, you know. And, and I love that it talks about, you know, the, the short, simple prayer of thy will be done. You know, I say that a lot. Thy will be done. Thy will not mine be done. Because, you know, bottom line, truth be known, I want my will to be done. I just do, you know. But again, that gets me into all that, you know, excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, and foolish stuff because then I'm trying to, you know, bulldoze everybody over to get my stuff be done. And it just isn't, doesn't work, you know. I, I'm not in, in the, the place to be in much dis-ease today, you know. I can't stand it for very long. You know, I have to at some point attempt to do the next right thing. And, you know, the good news today is I want to. 
You know, I don't want to be in that place of dis-ease. I want to be in a place to be useful, you know, and content and to be able to be of service to someone else. And the only way I can do that really is to invite God in and to see what God's will is for me today and to align mine with his. And how I do that is it specific instructions in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. The only way that has ever worked for me. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. All right. Thank you very much. Next up, we have uh, Reva P., followed by Barbara E. and Janice P.M. Reva? Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. I love this paragraph because when I first came into program and I started working these steps, it was very uh, clear to me and it was easier for me to do the uh, when I retire and I did the on awakening and it was as if after my uh, morning prayer and meditation, I put my books in the drawer, I went out the door and God was in the drawer <laughs> and I was into self-will run riot. And for me, this is the hardest part. I know to stop when I get up. I know to stop and review when, before I go to bed. But when do I do the rest of this step 11? All day long, constantly, constantly as I go through the day, all day long. And that is a practice that, you know, I, I aspire to, but I never do perfectly. Um, and I love the reminder, what do I do um, when I get agitated and doubtful? This is exactly the opposite of how I was before I did the steps, which describes me on page 60. I'm self-will run riot. I'm arranging the show. And what happens? Things fall apart, and I'm a producer of confusion rather than harmony. And what happens when things don't go my way before I do the steps? I exert myself more. I try harder. Let's try harder and more and effort and effort and effort. Um, and here it says, what do I do when things aren't seeming right? I stop. Stop and pause. And that is a miracle if I can take 30 seconds and just pause. And then what do I do when I pause and I notice I'm agitated and doubtful? I ask. And who do I ask? I don't ask me. I ask God. Right thought, right action. Right thought, right action. All day long. And you know, for me, agitation can sometimes mean that I'm in resentment and doubtful. If I'm really, really doubtful, I'm into fear. And I've got to go back a step. I've got to go back um, and do a step 10 because I'm getting blocked. And there's no way I get inspiration when I'm blocked. So sometimes I need to get de-blocked and then I can really ask and pause and wait. Um, and I love um, the promises. I love these promises. And, you know, it's all about getting in right alignment and putting my will in alignment with God's will. When I do that, I'm in harmony and things flow. Things just flow. I could do a lot of stuff, but it flows. And when I'm out of alignment, it's like the salmon going upstream. I'm just like in collision. So great reminder, and with that, I pass. Okay, thank you very much. Next next up, we have uh, Barbara E., followed by Janice P.M. and Leah S. Barbara? Good morning, everyone, and thank you, Craig, for your service. This is Barbara E. in New Jersey. Well, if you haven't heard this before, OA is a simple program for complex people. Step 11 is as as important to me as the 11 other steps. 
reminds me to improve my conscious contact with God throughout the day, that I am no longer running the show. I love this special edition about the potter and the lump of clay. I'm a very visual learner. I am that lump of clay, and God can choose to mold me into something beautiful but imperfect because I'm an imperfect person, and I always will be imperfect but willing to be to remain teachable and moving forward. As I go through the day, today, when I'm feeling jittery, overwhelmed, and unsure of what to do about a situation or personal relationship, I pause and ask God to show me what my next right action should be. I truly believe he's there at my side, loving, caring, forgiving, and listening. That's not the me that came into OA in 1996. I was selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and inconsiderate. I was a two-year-old banging my fist on the floor, crying, Mommy, I want this and I want it now. But I have fully conceded to myself that these behaviors brought me nothing but misery and shame. So today I trust God's guidance. And I, guidance. and I truly believe that by praying and meditating, I will be asking and seeking to show this crazy person, that's me, what the next right action to be. I am constantly reminded I am no longer running this show. Sometimes an inspiration may come. Sometimes it might be a hunch. And I find the more I use this tool, the stronger and more natural it becomes to me. There are roughly 18 inches from my head to my heart. And it wasn't until I traveled those transformative inches that I rarely thought to pray and pause and listen. But now, having made that journey, I do often, through, though not always, get that intuitive thought of what my right action should be, but I employ these strategies given to me by my new employer so that sanity will eventually return. I am less likely to be in danger of overexcitement, not listening to others, being fearful, angry, full of self-pity, and making foolish decisions. General, general reminder. Thank you. I am no longer trying to arrange life to suit me. I have to live life on God's terms. He has to tell me what my next right action should be. Thank you, I pass. All right, thanks. All right, next up we have Janice PM, followed by Leah S., and then we'll take some new names. Well, good morning to you, Craig, and I hope all is well with you. My name is Janice PM, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You know, I don't know about your God, but my God is so good. You know, I wasn't going to listen this morning because I have some something to do this afternoon, and, you know, some service. And I said, you know, let me, let, let me, let me, let me. And, you know, God is always with me. But you see, I'm not always with God. Um, this is a great example, and it's very difficult for me. This is not easy. This is not easy to pause because I'm so into self-will. No matter, I mean, even if I'm recovered, I forget. 
I, I, I self forget about myself. I'm going through circumstances and situations today and, and I'm right into my will. Well, you know, we, we, people were talking about how do you know when you're in your will? Well, as you go through these steps and you grow spiritually, you get to know intuitively, not always just so, but I have to pause. Now, I know intellectually I have to do that, but do I do it? No, not all the time because I'm so impulsive. I, I, I think I'm running the show, and I know I'm not because, you know, I just have to stop and use Prayer. What is pause? There's an acronym for pause. Pray and use spiritual energy. Wow, that's different, isn't it? Spiritual energy? It doesn't say Janice's energy, my energy, my will. And that's when I know when I'm struggling with the situation for an answer, what to do. That's my will. That's worry. Worry is disbelief. Worrying is, okay, Janice, you're not trusting. And then it hits me like I'm hitting my head against the wall. Janice, pray. Have have a dialogue, you know, with your higher power, not a monologue. A monologue is, yeah, I do this, what should I do? Talk back and forth because I don't have that power to make the results and the outcomes. But I know from experience that I have one that has all power that does give me the outcome. So I love the, the, the difference between God's will, my will. Do I get tired? Am I struggling? Yeah, that's me. That's my will. I'm trying to arrange my life according to how I want it, how I think it should be. But when I pause, because I'm an impulsive person, my mouth goes, I react, I don't act, and that's what I have to do. I have to pause. And pause is a wonderful habit <laughs> to get into. I know that. But I got to do it. I got to do the work. I have to do the pause. I have to, like, simply, thy will be done about this situation. Don't be impulsive and go, yes, thank you so much, Craig. Uh, don't be so impulsive. Ask. Ask and you shall receive. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Janice. All right, we have Leah S., and then we're going to take new names. Leah? Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. Oh, boy. Everyone said everything I wanted to say, but let me say what I want to say. (laughs) Basically, um, we're into action. We're actually into action. What does action mean? It doesn't mean that I'm going and cleaning up my room and I'm, I'm, I'm pulling stuff out here and this. It's action within my mind. Because now, in step 11, I am completely abstinent. And I'm beginning to get a sense of what my feelings are. And these feelings are, they can come up anytime doesn't say uh, if they come up, they will come up. Because if I don't practice these principles about the pause, then it's not going to come easy. Because my original intent was always to get right back at you. I've got this, I've got that. But now I'm, I'm pausing because I'm feeling these feelings. I'm feeling like 
really frustrated. I'm feeling, uh, oh my God, what are you saying? This is not even true, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and now I've got to pause because I'm feeling these intense feelings and I don't know what God wants out of this entire situation. So it's until you get to that pause, but it's not so difficult at this point because you're feeling them, you're abstinent. And you really want to do the right thing. And honestly, many times, I don't know what is the right thing. Really, what is the right thing? So that when I pause and I make that connection and that connection comes into my heart, then I can say, okay, okay, take it easy. Take a deep breath. Breathe in and breathe out, God. Just just like that. And then... Let's take it from there. And then the intuition comes and the uh, uh, idea comes and they're much better than what I would have wanted in my self-will. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. All right. Thank you very much. Um, Just as a reminder, we're on page 87 uh, on the third paragraph that begins as we go through the day, reading and sharing that one on that one paragraph. So who else would like to share? Larry K. Well, I got. All right, wait. Let's back up. I I got Kelly S. I got uh, Larry K. I heard Jen A. And that's all I heard out of that whole. Susan A. Helen G. Helen G. Lynn S. Laura S. Rick J. Nina Jane. All right. Here's what I have so far. Kelly, Larry, Jen, Susan, Helen, and Rick. Stacy J. What was that, J? Stacy J. Stacy. All right, I'm going to cut it off here. I'm going to go Kelly, Larry, Jen, Susan, Helen, uh, Rick, um, Teresa, and Stacy. Um, give us your last initials when you go, Kelly. Let's go. Good morning, Craig. Uh, can't believe you heard me. Kelly S. Recovered compulsive overeater of Lamech in Oklahoma. Glad to be here. Uh, just start my timer. Um, oh my gosh, I love this paragraph and I have to use it every single day. And um, work has just been insane, crazy this time of year. And I say the pause all the time reminds me of that old commercial, the V8. Oh my God, I should have had a V8. Oh my God, I should have had a pause. And I am reminded constantly. I uh, had to set an additional timer to remember the pause because I, um, so I'm going to tell you guys, this is why we study this book for me anyway. I read this paragraph all the time. I'm going to tell you guys, I don't know when they put, um, this line in here that says uh, we constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. When that when Leon read that, I was like, what? I do this thing, okay, pause when agitated. I read, you know, you read things so many times you don't even hear it. I pause when agitated. Okay, I will be done. I take a deep breath. What I've been doing every day at work is, you know, I, I pause. I have these little spiritual mantras, breathe in power, breathe, in, breathe out powerlessness, breathe in spirit. Breathe out self, breathe in faith, breathe out fear. 
And we constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Wow. Wow. I am so glad that I am listening to this meeting because I hear things when I become more unblocked. And that's why I do this work, to get unblocked from my higher power so I can hear this message. And in this paragraph, I mean, right here, it's all, it's all these promises that, that if I'm doing this, you know, and I get into this almost every day, you know, this uh, excitement, fear, anger, worry. And right there, those are like my barometers. Where, where am I at? You know, I love to share that if I'm into that, then I'm into self-will. And I get into self-will daily, which is why I have to do this work daily. You know, um, sometimes I, I just really appreciate everybody's really honest shares when we, we share our struggles. Because I had this illusion, you know, for all the years I was around, that if I was working this program right, I was connected with God, that I would feel God all the time. I wouldn't fall back into this stuff. And and I wouldn't get agitated, and I wouldn't need to pause so much. And, and I get it. Some days are better than others, but I keep doing the work, and I just have to remember to pause and go to God. Where's my God in all this? You know, i got to get unblocked and connect. And I can only do that by putting the food down and doing this work on a daily basis. And I'm just so grateful that I study this with you guys every day so I can learn more all the time because I'm telling you, life keeps happening, and like I shared earlier, I want to do it on God's terms today. I'm so tired of the struggle and going back. So one day at a time, I'm doing it with you guys. Glad to be here. Thanks for your service, Craig. Pass. All right, Kelly. Good timing. Thanks. Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Jen, followed by Susan. Larry? Thanks, Craig. Yeah, here I am. Thanks for your service, Craig. Um, Love the sharers. Um, We're talking about God's will. It's not always easy to determine what that is. You know, can I have... Can I have the patience to live and let live? It's it's not it doesn't come natural, right? And here's the irony: if I if I succeed in controlling you, you know, bringing you into alignment with my desires, the world doesn't become more manageable when I get you to to uh, to to come into alignment with my desires. It becomes less. And why is that? Because when I make you heal. However self-righteous I think I am, I'm ready to find the next person to bring into alignment with my will. And it's endless. And it's endless. I'm reminded, you know, that, um, that I'm, when I'm trying to bring my fellows around to my point of view under the delusion that my point of view is God's will, you know, then, then I create a never-ending process of me whatever comes into my head is God's will I have to really that's why I really subscribe to live and let live even when you know you're saying something or maybe you're not doing something that I feel is the right thing I'm not being wishy-washy I have strong opinions human beings we're given a brain to use we're given strong opinions but when I feel the need to to bring you into alignment with that it's dangerous for me. What I want to do is that really what God's will is, thy will be done. When I look at this paragraph, it seems simple enough, right? My self-centered mind can create all sorts of delusions. God's will be done. What am I acknowledging? God's freedom to decide. We wouldn't be here if God didn't want this AA spiritual solution to, to, to work. We would not be here. God's will was done. And he used the right people at the right time. Absolutely. I am free from trying to be co-director. God doesn't need a co-director. God doesn't need a co-manager. 
You know, as long as I'm still owned by my resentments and fears, I will continue to fight to get others to conform to my will, to follow the herd, the herd that I'm comfortable with out of my own fear. I don't want to do that. Hasn't God shown me again and again that he alone has the power? If a meeting is going to make it, for example, it'll make it. If it's not, it's not going to make it. And I could be okay with that. Thank God for this program. With that, I pass. Thanks. Okay, Larry, thank you. Next up, we have Jen A., followed by Susan A., uh, Helen, Rick. Go ahead, Jen. Good morning. Good morning, Craig. Thanks so much. Thanks for moderating this morning for this magnificent meeting. And my name is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Littleton, Colorado. And I am an excitable girl. I'm also full of fear. I can be super, super angry. I worry all the time. Talk about self-pity. Oh, poor me, Jen Marie, right? And foolish decisions. I mean, you might as well have made that my first name, not my middle name, because that was the girl that I was. Self will run riot. And, um, you know, I spent a lot of time in life and um, living um, as, a, as a girl who would just blow up, right? I could blow up like a volcano and watch out because hot lava is coming everywhere. And today, thank you, God, for the spiritual toolkit. And one of them is step 11 that we're talking about today, right? That I get to grow up, right? Because why? Because I get to grasp this. I get to grasp a God and a pause button that is unbelievable. I'll never forget, I was sitting in um, Estes Park, Colorado, and this girl was speaking about the pause button. And her story was just miraculous. She had me on the edge of my seat in tears. My heart was palpitating. And I was like, oh, this is what this pause button does. And then I got to take my own pause button home from that retreat that weekend. And I, and I put it. I put it in my pocket. I never used it, right? And it caused me problems. Why? Because when I don't pause, at the end of the day, guess what I'm having to do? I'm reviewing my day, and I'm like, oops, I did it again. It's that song over and over again in my head. And so what did I have to do? I had to pull that pause button out. And what does it look like? It looks like P-A-U-S-E on the front screen of my phone that I'm on 24-7 so that I can be reminded throughout the day in this program that I need to pause. Because otherwise, I'm going to be like a raging tornado or stepping on the toes of my fellows, and that's how my life goes. And when I get this intuition from God, aha, pause, right, what am I going to do? I'm going to turn to him. I'm going to plug in. I'm going to access the power. I'm going to ask him, okay, God, what's my next right thought? What's my next right action to be? Because I don't do it so well. I need his help, right? So I go to him and I ask him. This is taking my spiritual temperature. It's been said over and over again today. I'll never forget, like I'm standing in Safeway and it says, ding, ding, ding. The time now is to take the temperature in the meat department. They do that all day long. That's what I have to do all day long. Take my spiritual temperature. Find out what the emotional buildup is throughout the day and say, am I going to let it blow me up or am I going to grow up? Am I going to use this? grasp God's hand and go for it and say, you know what, God, I don't know how to do it. Help me figure it out. And what an awesome part of the chapter. What an awesome part. I mean, I just love this because this is how I get to live life. Today I'm going to work. 175 people are walking through the door. Guess who's in charge? You'd think it'd be me as the event coordinator. But today I get to take God with me. No better way to live. And with that, I'll pass. 
Okay, Jen, thank you. Um, next up we have Susan A, <laughs> Susan A followed by Helen, uh, I think it's S, and then Rick. Hi, Craig. This is Susan A from Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, and I appreciate your service. Thank you so much. Uh, when I w uh, started reading the big book with Vision four years ago, I came upon this paragraph, and although I liked it, the word excitement jumped out at me, and I said that they made a mistake there. Excitement is good. It means I'm happy, alive, engaged in life, and I was raised in an exciting environment. My dad was an exciting personality. So was my mom, and it was an alcoholic environment, which <laughs> you can understand why it was so exciting. Uh, but I started to seek excitement through in groups, in college, through drugs, alcohol, and food. And what I've, you know, what I've learned is the opposite of good excite of, of excitement is rage and anger, and that existed also in my family. Through the steps, I've learned about extreme emotions and how they crowd, crowd God out. I know many of you, and myself included, uh, I speak to God in the quiet of the morning and in the quiet of the evening, and he speaks to me during, throughout the day. Not audibly, of course, but through people and situations. If I'm engaged in excitement and fear, anger and worry, I will miss his presence in my life and in my day. And I learned a while back about fear. Fear is my biggest character defect. That when I make a decision that's rooted in fear, it's always the wrong decision because God doesn't exist in fear. And... Of course, there is a place for all of these emotions, but, um, you know, this book is teaching us a new way of living and a new way of acting on life rather than reacting to it. It's a spiritual way of life, and the constantly praying throughout the day, thy will be done, is is a, you know, is a, a way, a pathway to this spiritual way of life. And with that, I'll pass. Okay. Thank you very much. Next up, we have Helen S., followed by Rick, and then Teresa, and then Stacy. Hi, Helen? Craig. Do you think it could have been Lynn S.? Well, since I don't hear Helen jumping in, Hi. it probably was. Hi. I'm right here, and it's Helen There's G. somebody. Okay. <laughs> Hi, guys. All right. Okay, Hi. Helen. Go uh, ahead. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is actually the first time me speaking for this meeting, and I'm a little bit nervous, but I shouldn't be because I'm in the rooms of all my fellows and all the people that understand me for sure. So basically, um, my pause button, yeah, it's broken. Every once in a while, I uh, try to catch it before it happens, and it doesn't, and I'm learning. I've been in program since 2017 and um, had beautiful abstinence for about a whole 16 months, did great, and then um, my husband passed in 2018, 
And that's when I decided that, hmm, you know what, I think I can do without OA and see if I can do this on my own. Well, it didn't work out so well. Um, this reading is so perfect because when I got myself into program, my sponsor had me doing this reading every morning. And it's just so amazing that when I decided to get myself back into program and my sponsor recommended you guys to, because we're very limited here in, in Corpus Christi, Texas, there's not that many um, meetings. She said, go online, start searching for meetings, a vision for you, let's do this, you know, start doing it every morning. The first day you guys started with the reading. It is amazing. It is so amazing that that reading that I started with that was making me better every day and getting myself out of the head was the reason why I needed to come back and really, really focus on my higher power because the only, per the only one that can fix my button would be my higher power. And my spirituality has changed so much since I started my recovery. The religious higher power that I had of childhood is no longer there. It is replaced by a loving, understanding higher power. And every day, even though sometimes I might not say it, I think it because it is no longer my will. Every, once I started realizing and accepting that my higher power was within me and that my food plan was my food plan and prayer and meditation every morning, I started getting that feeling back. I've been abstinent for 14 days today and it is definitely a journey that I need to really stick on. And the only way that I'm going to do it is if I surround myself by like-minded people and people that love me and people that accept me and people who understand. And sometimes that's really hard in this time. This time it is because my family just doesn't understand and that's okay. That's the reason why I have the fellowship. But it's a reminder. Okay, so with the actual um, reading and how I do everything to get myself through the day is just now waking up and doing the reading as I need to get, I need to do every morning. But thank you guys. All right. Thanks, Helen. Rick, we have about a minute left. Time got away from us here. Uh, do you want to take that minute? Uh, hi, Craig. Um, hi, everyone. Sure. Thank you very much. Hi, this is Lynn S., recovered no, compulsive no. reader. No, in... Lynn, oh, Lynn, no. It's, I it's, you me. it's I Rick. Pardon. No, Rick. Go ahead, Rick. Uh, hi, this is Rick. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina, and thanks for your service, Craig. Um, just real quickly, um, you know, my um, my daughter's anorexia is is, is really providing me um, – you know, opportunities to, to be pausing. Um, I talked to a recovered fellow this morning who has some experience in that. And in my meditations now, I'm, I'm including the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing so much emotional turbulence. Uh, and yeah, God is in the pause. It's, it's like I'm, I need to pump the spiritual brakes with God for that traffic jam of my self will running riot. 
you know, when, when I see the brake lights coming on ahead, I, you know, I have to start slowing down. And, and, uh, last night I didn't slow down and I, I, um, I helped the situation get pretty bad pretty quickly because I want to try to fix her. I want to try to run the show. Oh yeah. I'm not running the show. God's running the show. Sometimes the best thing I can do is just to be quiet and look in her eyes and tell her I love her and I'm here for her. And I I got that reminder this morning. So uh, thanks everyone with that. I'll pass. Thank you, Rick. I apologize to Teresa, Stacy, and Lynn. We're not going to have time. Perhaps you can stay and share in the second hour. Um, Thanks to everybody who shared. Please join us in the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for the meeting that's just concluding is 14,076, 14076, and that's for February 5th, 2020. Uh, We're now going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Barbara E. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only through Keep You Until Then. Barbara? Thank you, Craig. It's my honor. And to all the 377 people out there with us this morning, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.